What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hey, What You Watching? The kind of weekly podcast where Marcelo Pico and I discuss the films we've been watching. This is episode 90, What We Podcast in the Shadows. And I'm your host, Matt Curione, and with me as usual is... Hey, it's your co-host, Marcelo Pico. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing well. Uh, it's a beautiful day today. <laughs> <laughs> One of those things. It's nice. It's a nice day. Uh... Some directors are making really good choices today. Uh, so, this news is going to be dated by the time be, people hear this, but hey, whatever. Uh, people know by now, if they're listening to this as it comes out, that we are fluctuating in terms of releasing the episode. So this could be out you know, tomorrow or a week from now or six months from now. But Who knows? But tonight, I mean, we don't usually do news because I want to make these episodes timeless. But Matt, your favorite director, uh, mm-hmm. what did he do tonight? <laughs> he sacked Spacey. <laughs> he called him and he was like, hey, listen, uh, here's the thing. You're done, and I'm going with my original choice, and I haven't told the studio yet, but I'm going to call them right now. <laughs> he went, not for all the money in the world, am I going to leave you in my movie? Nope, all the he's money not. In the world. Nope, nope. So, so yeah, the, big, the story is basically Kevin Spacey shot a supporting role for Ridley Scott's new movie, and he's cutting him out and replacing him with a much better actor, Christopher Plummer. So, yes. so, and so it, we win. It's it's going to come out the same date in December, like December twenty second, right? Insane! And it's crazy. It's currently November eighth. So yeah, I I I read on Twitter that uh, Spacey only shot for ten days. Yeah. So you know, I and now I, now they'll be able to shoot for less days because they don't have to do makeup on him. <laughs> Because fun fact, Christopher Plummer's already old. Uh, you know, I, I, you were, you were already sold on the movie. You know, before they, well, this before the Spacey thing. I mean, you were a huge Ridley Scott fan. You were. I was. Board. I was. First saw that first trailer. I was like, oh, yep, sign me up. Give yeah. me, uh, give me basic what looks to be Ridley Scott's Munich. Give me that. Yes, but like, me, you know, I, I'm, I, I was kind of hesitant. And one of the things that really put me off was that Kevin Spacey makeup. And then Ooh, an- yeah. another thing that put me off was Kevin Spacey being a total creep and a terrible person. Uh, but that came later. But, uh, but hey, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I am... Don't worry, we'll talk about him later during the show because oh. uh, I watched a movie that we'll be talking about. Jesus. But anyway, I'm really happy that Plummer is on board replacing Spacey and that Ridley is doing this and he's he yeah. is and which was and Plummer was his first choice anyway yeah he's a madman Ridley is and yeah, damn right he is I totally believe that people are doubting him on Twitter like like is is he really gonna pull it off they say like it's it, it, the movie's coming yes. out like in six weeks yeah I think he will he's I, he's shot films in less time than this <laughs> he'll be he fine can do this and I saw the other joke he's like what he has it, the movie comes out next month he has what 25 years to edit he's fine <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> if it, uh, I don't remember where we talked about this, but uh, like he doesn't oversee the editing of his films. Like he waits. No, he doesn't. No. no, no. That's why I think we see more director's cuts from him than other directors. You know, they would normally do because he just lets the editor go for it. He sees like the final cut and he goes, 
yeah, it's good. Let's do that. Then, like six months later, he goes, "I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna do this." Do this. So, yeah. Oh, it was Edgar Wright who said that. Edgar Wright was like in disbelief that uh, he was like, "Why is Ridley Scott making all these movies? It seems like he's just <laughs> on fire all the time." And and Ridley Scott because he him, is. <laughs> Ridley Scott told him, "It's because I don't, you know, edit my movies, Edgar. I just go from one shoot, <laughs> one shoot to another shoot to another to another shoot." So, yeah, that's the Scott magic. He's a machine. He is a machine, and I do believe he's going to make that deadline, and we'll see. Oh, definitely he will. Yeah, we'll see All the Money in the World in theaters, starring Christopher Plummer, December 22nd. Yes, give it to me now. And that's the news with Hey What You're Watching. Hey What You're Newsin'. That's the new segment. I like it. No, it's not going to happen. Uh, other than that, how are you doing, Matt? You doing all right? Do- doing pretty good. We've had some decent weather. Um, I've watched a lot of movies. I watched a shit ton of horror movies last month, and uh, maybe oh, too yeah. many. Okay, so way too many. We we haven't talked in two weeks about it, but uh, now that November's here, October's gone. What is your final tally, Matt? How many horror movies did you see in October? Okay, in just in October. Is there a different? Oh, that's right, because you started early, right? So I started early, so that's the fake number. The, the, <laughs> the number j- just for October just, is you know, sixty-two. Is sixty-two just for October. Just for October. For That's my entire insane. marathon, uh, it was around 92. Oh, my God. I, six, okay. I, needed, I need a detox. That's both, why I watched non-horror movies this week. Both numbers are insane to me. I, I, I think I barely hit, like, 20 overall last month. Well, you know what? I wish I had because I, I, I'm burnt out right now. <laughs> You know, I, don't, I, I don't want. I don't want to watch another evisceration for like a month. I got excited because uh, Hulu just put up Scream. Like they did not have Scream like on any streaming service. But in November, for whatever goddamn reason, they have Scream, and I'm like, I could watch Scream. So it's a good movie. Yeah. You should watch Scream. And also Scream Two and Scream Three on, are, are on HBO. So hey, okay, well I, that's just uh, that's a great time watching movies. So I I feel like I I should have done more in October. I in terms of watching horror movies, but hey, I have you know the entire year. Horror movies don't have to be, you know, put in a corner in October. We can watch. No, them you watch movies all horror movies all the time, but year you know, round. But I mean, in October you got to you know focus. But I mean, there's a couple movies that came out in October that I put off that came out on Blu-ray, and I just watched them this week, and but, I'm very happy. Let me ask you this. Yeah, this is me putting you on the spot, and then after this, we'll go. We'll we'll move on to the next segment because I just realized we have a short show this week. Ah, yeah, we're fine. <laughs> I I contacted I, I contacted him, and everything's fine. <laughs> that's an off mic conversation. We have a, we have a podcast recording after this, so that that's why we're like doing this anyway. It's podcasting, folks. This is, this is the making of the sausage. Uh, what was inside your- the cracker factory? <laughs> <laughs> That that's our future ghost slash guest, uh, Matt. What yes. was your favorite watch uh, during your horror viewing season? It might have been seeing Reanimator for the first time. Nice, because that, uh, I can't believe it took me so long to finally see it. But I am so happy I finally saw it. I'm I'm uh, happy that movie was a blast. Oh boy, I'm happy I rewatched that. I think I watched it uh, like a week after you watched it for the first time, and, it, and for me okay. it was like I—it's been maybe like ten years, and man, does that thing still hold up? I love. Well, I'm it not going to wait bad. ten years to watch don't, it again. Don't, don't, don't. Like I did, do not do that. And then I, for me, I was my uh, first time watch I did after Reanimator was Bride of Reanimator. I need to see that. Yeah, 
it's okay. Reanimator's oh. still top, but I, I I need to see more films. Uh, oh my gosh, who, who who directed Stuart Gordon? Yeah, yeah, and and who's the writer who went on to direct um, the other Reanimator films? I'm bad at this. I don't have. My, Wasn't it Stuart Gordon? It's Stuart Gordon and then Brian y- Yasna. Yasna, thank you, guest. There you Slash go. Ghost. Uh, I need to see more of their work. Like, because uh, like I really love that. Like I, I, I nailed it down. That's the kind of horror movie I love. Is Reanimator just gory? Well, 80s. if you want to see a, a really fun movie that they uh, both wrote, um, check out Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> As I was watching Reanimator, I'm like, I need to look at their filmography, and I was shocked to shit that that was on there. <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, yeah. I blew up the kid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they. Uh, this is things that uh, they did. The, those Rick Moranis Disney comedies, and uh, <laughs> bless them for it. <laughs> From Beyond, I need to see. Um, <laughs> same, same. That looks really awesome. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, but hey, I can see that next week because hey, like I said, horror movies all year long. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's it. Finished. I, meanwhile, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm excited to do this. I'm excited that we're rolling along with our Spielberg podcast. Oh, I'm having a, the time of my life hosting so that. Much fun. It is so much fun. I'm having the time of my life just doing research on it. Like, that's yeah. I just realized, like, in, in, for the last, like, three weeks, me doing research on Spielberg. Like, You're going to write that book on Spielberg. Yeah. I liked it. Well, there's already a good book I'm reading right now about it called Steven Spielberg. You can Spielberg. write a better one. No, I don't know if I can. But uh, it's it's fun. I love reading these behind-the-scenes stories, the making-ofs, and... I I I found a passion in it, so I'm uh, so check that out. If you listen to this and if you enjoy us talking in the slightest, um, and if you enjoy not listening to me, I don't do much talking in the Spielberg podcast. Check that out. You come on at the end, and it's <laughs> big big fun time. Spielberg thirty three thirty three. That's it. I'll plug in the beginning of the show, just for no yeah. goddamn reason. All right, Matt. Yes. Time to get into what we're actually going to be discussing on this show. The 90th Haycast. Episode 90. Oof. Yes. It's happening. Things are happening. What's in store for us? All right. We're going to take a trip down to Matt's Riddle Corner, where I give cryptic clues about what films we'll be discussing this week. Well, we're going to hang out with a rock man on a planet with Jeff Goldblum, right? Yeah. Then we're going to hang out with some fun vampires. And then Zack Snyder's going to remake a zombie movie. And then we're going to hang out with a monster who drives. Different, different thing. Anyway, and then they're going to head on down to Austin and check out the music scene, and then Nicole Kidman is going to be a vengeful bitch, and, and then Edward Norton's going to walk his dog. I've only seen the poster for that movie, so I really can't make a joke about it. And then uh, we're going to be quiet for a little bit, and then we're going to try to remember someone, what they're called. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a big anime movie. And then uh, we're going to talk about the, uh, the new uh, biopic about Lyndon Johnson's wife, Lady Boyd Johnson. <laughs> Lady Boy Johnson. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a good show right there. And it is pretty good. To help us talk about these movies, we have a guest this week, right, Matt? We do. Who is it? Our guest this week. Uh, I've I know him via the Twitters. Uh, he's uh, he's a fun guy. He knows his shit. Uh, Brett, how are you, sir? Good evening. Welcome to the Hey What You Watching Retro Culture Power Hour. <laughs> oh, Bill Coleman. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not prepared for voices. I can't do any voices. So I, 
yeah, I got that going for me. Uh, Matt, you have to you have to pull up the slack here. I'm trying. <laughs> Can my I whole... get out of this hooptober action? <laughs> my whole voice, my whole life is a voice. Uh, Matt, uh, yes. Let's jump into the next segment. I want to ask Brett some questions. Uh, I, I feel like he's primed to do some answering. So, how do we get Me? to know our guests? Yeah, how do we get we, to know our guests further? We we go to that other segment that I like to call "Get to Know Ya," where we get to know our guests to make sure they're a real human being and not some robot sent from the future. Brett, oh, well then. Uh, uh, hmm. My my first question for you, and I ask it of everyone: uh, What's the first film you remember seeing in a theater? The first film I remember seeing in the theater definitively was Disney's Hercules back in 97, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, all I remember was there used to be this old drive-in down uh, in between my new house and my old house. And, uh, well, it was was at one point a drive-in and then they converted it into an actual housed theater. So the the screen was still super freaking huge. And uh, I just remember being rattled in my seat like, wow! and being freaked out by the Hydra. And I remember, th- I think it was at this time, Disney was still trying to put out shorts before their movies, because I remember there distinctly being a short before it, but I can't remember what it was. Okay. Yeah, that's that's actually one of the Disney movies that I have not seen. And it's been on my list for a while. I want to I see that. I want to see Mulan. Uh, I've missed a few of the late 90s like big ones. Yeah, that's one I saw. I saw that one in high school, I think. Uh, on video, I don't remember the middle Renaissance. It. Yeah, it, it's. I remember it being alright. I know more of Disney's Hercules from playing Kingdom Hearts than I do from seeing the movie. So, uh, the Kingdom Hearts. So that's a thing. <laughs> what is that thing? It's a Japanese RPG uh, that basically mixes Final Fantasy with Disney characters. <laughs> so you're basically hanging out with Goofy and Donald and. I am trying to trying to save Mickey from these evil villains and from Billy Zane. For, yeah, basically, <laughs> and then uh, you also go up against you know Disney villains uh, like Maleficent and Hades, and you know you run into like uh, Buzz and Woody, and it's fun. Uh, it's a fun fun series. I've always been interested in it. I've never played it. And it's something that, like, by the concept, you're like, that's so stupid, it could never work. But it <laughs> works really well. The first two are great. I think the third one is finally coming out next year, maybe. That's what, <laughs> that, that's what they've been saying for, like, ten years, right? They have, yes. Yeah. Every year, it's like, yeah, soon. Don't worry. <laughs> Hopefully Kingdom Hearts 3, soon. the Final Fantasy 15 of Kingdom Hearts games. Oh, my God. Yeah, it'll happen one day. <laughs> uh, Hey. Is it my turn to ask a question? It yeah. is. <clears throat> hey, Brett. So, I just asked this question uh, yes. to Matt. Uh, how was your horror movie watching season? What was one of the best or some of the best movies you saw uh, over October? Well, um, uh, there is actually another connection between your last episode and this one. I was actually taking part in David's Hooptober Ceremony Marathon. Nice. So, hey, David I, rules. <laughs> Yes, El Cinemonster lives, as we say on the underground. But yeah, um, I'm looking back on my letterbox diary, and apparently I watched 44 movies over the past two months that classified as horror films. Although wow. it strangely does not want to... It does not want to recognize Paranorman as one, which I'm curious about, but... That's a, that's a fun uh, Halloween movie. Yeah, that well... 
it doesn't count as a horror movie, apparently, according to its standards. But I, I consider it horror for children, along with yeah. Coraline and uh, yeah. Gremlins. Yeah, same. But, yeah. Uh, the best thing I saw over Hooptober, damn, uh, there are two things that pop out to me. First of all, the first thing I started off the season with was Fright Night, the original from the 80s, and that was so damn fun to watch. I love that movie. With, oh, Chris Sarandon, it's Mr. Steal Your Girl and it'll kill your friends too. <laughs> Such a good movie. And the other one that really pops out to me is I got my friends together the day I got laid off from my latest job and we just made a night of it. Okay, get this. We tried to watch The Exorcist on VHS. Oh, wow. And the tape was so apparently thoroughly possessed by Satan, it broke my VCR 20 minutes in. Oh, no. <laughs> so then we popped in Mario Baba's Blood and Black Lace instead, and we had such a doggone fun time watching that. It was like a Scooby-Doo episode on crack cocaine, and on like it, it looked like Suspiria, and it played like like a weird Hanna-Barbera cartoon with drugs. And we just had, me and my two friends had a blast eating fried chicken and watching it. It's like, wow, this movie's amazing. This shouldn't work, but it's great. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, uh, I need to see more Baba. I, I, I'm depleted in that. Um, hey, what about me? What's, what was my favorite? Of uh, of October? Yeah. Tell, tell us, Marcelo. Tell yeah. us. Here we go. So I actually do want to know this. Uh, it was one I'd seen before, but it's been a long time. But this one was special because I saw it in a theater. It was David Cronenberg's The Brood. Ooh, um, I've never seen that. Mm. It's incredible. Uh, but seeing it, <laughs> but seeing it, it with an audience, I mean, it's Cronenberg. I mean, you should already know what you're yeah, in store yeah, for. Yeah, well, yeah. Not to ruin but it. But I'm sure there were I'm sure there were people who were not in store ready for anything. No, 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 no. They I mean uh, being there in a theater Cronenberg, with- that man who makes the art house movies with Robert Pattinson. Ooh, <laughs> I love his movies. Bring me another glass of Merlot. Let's see this excellent work of art. <laughs> but I got you know, the fucking brood. <laughs> uh cut to I don't want to ruin it. Uh, oh, heavens! Blood and sinew being chewed. Yeah, uh, I I was squirming in my seat, and I already seen it, and I could just hear people audib- audibly just go, Ugh, as it happens. So, <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, those final five minutes are amazing. So, yeah, Strangely brood. enough, strangely enough, the only Cronenberg I dislike, even though it has my biggest man crush, Oliver Reed, in that movie. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's so good in it. I I like it. Like I, Oliver Reed is good always. Damn he's it, always good. Yes, always good. especially when he's thoroughly pickled. <laughs> <laughs> I dig the brute so much. It's because it's those final moments that make it for me. Uh, it just builds up. I to can that. understand that. It builds up to yeah, that. I gotta see it, and it pulls it off so well. So yeah, please see it. It's. Uh, I'm sure you have the Criterion, don't you, Matt? It, nope. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't. It's crazy, right? It's, it's November. It's the Barnes and Noble fifty percent off Criterion sale. Put that on your list. All right. I'm, I'm hoping they like, release. I'm only going to get like two, so maybe one of them would be the Brood. Fine. I'm hoping yeah. they release Shivers soon. I love Shivers so much. Shivers. Uh, what Shivers? Oh, that one is the. That's one. basically High Rise. That's basically David Cronenberg's High Rise. Oh shit. Yeah, that one I haven't seen. And it's better than High Rise. A lot of things are better than High Rise for me. Um, Hey, shut up. goes without saying. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Matt, you have another question? I don't. Hey, that's it. Hey, we we got to know. He's been gotten to known. Gotten to known. Brett, 
So, let's move on to the next phase. They don't suspect. (laughs) They don't know. Uh, Hey, Thor. Yes? (laughs) <laughs> Let's cut to the chase. Well, that's that's a that's a fucking segue. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok it came out Ragnarok about two weeks ago now. But hey, we're talking about it because it's still hey, it's it's huge. Hey man, hey, I'm doing the Korg. Oh, best character ever. That's a bad impression. Of I know it's terrible. <laughs> I don't. I told you I don't do voices, you know, dude. Hold on, but he know. but he tried to do a revolution, and you know no one showed up except for his mom and her boyfriend that he hates. That <laughs> feels so bad for Korg. So we've all seen Thor Ragnarok, yes? No, Brent has not seen it. Uh, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm special that way. Tell me, Brett, uh, are you a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan? <laughs> um. <laughs> it's taking you this long to answer. I don't think. Yes, I, I'm. I'm. I'm wholly indifferent to the Marvel <laughs> machine at this point. I'm getting kind of burned out. Yeah. I'm. The whole universe thing has kind of been grinding away at me, culminating in that spectacular Dark Universe kickoff earlier this year. Oh, they did such a great job with that. Rest in peace, Dark such, Universe. They did such a great job. I'm pretty sure they killed Russell Crowe's career too. Nah, he'll be fine. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to suffer. I would have loved to have seen more... Because, like, that Mummy movie was decidedly just mediocre for me. Uh, It was fine. It was all right. But, uh, okay, I'm bad at names, and I can't pronounce her her name. The Mummy. Who? Sophia... What's her name? Sophia Butella. Yeah, she's amazing. There you go. I would have loved to have seen more of her in future Dark Universe movies. But that's not going to happen. I, I want her to be a big no. star, but oh well. Just just imagine Star Trek Beyond as another mummy prequel. Just- <laughs> From now on, that's going to be part of my dark universe in my head canon. Um, but no, that's done. I was kind of in your spot, Brett, uh, before Doctor Strange. Like I was like, I'm getting tired. I was not a huge, huge fan of Ant-Man. I wasn't a huge fan of Age of Ultron. But it kind of turned with... It, it turned for me with... Uh, Doctor Strange, I was like, oh, this is a nice change of pace. And then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I was like, oh, you know, this is a great sequel. Then Homecoming, and now this. So I'm kind of back on board. I was like, kind of, you know, going towards the middle, like being, ah, these Marvel movies. But now, like, I'm like, these, these movies are fun. They're psychedelic. It's like an acid trip, like, on screen. I like it. I like what the Marvel Universe is doing. And I like how fun and inventive Thor Ragnarok is. So, that's my pitch, Brett, if you ever want to catch up, if you want to watch these movies. I think the last three, no, well, I'm counting Homecoming in there, so last four, you know, they, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's a nice change of pace from, I guess, the monotony they were in before. That's just my opinion. That makes sense. Yeah. I can hear that. I, I liked Doctor Strange also, Strangely enough, Guardians 2 was the breaking point for me. I was so disappointed by Guardians 2. And I just didn't bother with I just didn't bother with Spider-Man because I'm sick of them rebooting it. So I'm <laughs> just sitting here under protest with my little anti-Marvel cap, like, no! No! <laughs> I'm, I'm basically the, the baby with the airplane spoon, like, no! No! <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll hit it when it probably... I need to see Jeff Goldblum in a Marvel movie, so I'll see it when it hits the second <laughs> Yes, you do. Just down my road. So in about three months, when it finally stops making money, I'll, I'll go see it at the $5 theater. 
or get a movie pass, do that. I mean, I mean, I don't think that works in my area. Strangely enough, I've been kicked out of the site so many times. What? Oh time. man, where do you live? Can I ask? I live up in the mitten. Okay, so you're up there. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Matt. Now you have a. I was going to say multi pass. That's not what it's called. A movie pass. <laughs> yeah, it's a multi pass. Oh, we get it. Live in it's the a multi pass. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got a multi-pass. It's great. Lilo, a multi-pass. Lilo Dallas multi-pass. From now on, we call it a multi-pass on the Hey Cat. I'm, I'm fine with this. With that. <laughs> I'm fine with this. But uh, you, you used your multi-pass to see Thor Ragnarok, I bet, Matt, right? I did not, only what? because I uh, <gasps> had to buy tickets for like a group of people. Oh, okay, okay. I got so I, just had, I had to buy them in advance, because that, that was selling out real quick. We had to switch times like three times to see, go see that. Not to get too off track, but I'm thinking of getting a movie pass now. Like, I'm... Uh, I have to go like on a stricter budget uh, monetarily, and think movie pass might work for me because I usually just go to the movies by myself and get a ticket by myself. Yeah, so. there you go. So I, I think I think it'll work out. So maybe in the future I'll also have a multi pass, which is what we're calling. <laughs> it. I mean, let's go back to Thor. Matt, you had a roller coaster ride in my eyes. Sure did. With this movie, you came out of it. I'm gonna put words in your mouth. You came out of it saying. Oh man, that was so much fun, guys! I had a great time, and then one day later, you, you were like, "This movie's a piece of shit." <laughs> I never, okay, ne- never said that. <laughs> I'm kidding, but tell us. Uh, but no, after I saw it, I was like, "Hey, that was awesome!" Blah blah blah. And then the next day, I woke up. I was like, "It was fine." Ah. Like, I've already forgotten basically everything that happened in it. I just know that Jeff Goldblum. They just let him be Jeff Goldblum, just like. Waititi was probably like, okay, you know that thing you do when you do your thing? You, you the Jeff Goldblum thing? Yeah. All right, do that. That's, that's, that, that's good. You, you do that. And he's like, uh, I guess. Okay. Uh, so, no, it's, it's hilarious. It's very, 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 very funny. It's just not much else. And no. I don't know. When you're dealing with, you know, Ragnarok, which is, you know, the end of the world, I could use a little more weight to it. I think it was handled... Better than how you thought it was handled, Matt. And I didn't think the special effects were good. I go to bat for. I, I don't know. I'll say like I thought this, that CGI was bad. I I, I thought it was fine. That uh, here's my on the con list for this movie for me. Like people always say that the Marvel movies look flat and. Oh no! This was not flat. It was very uh, vibrant and colorful and. Uh, I thought that I did not like the cinematography in this. It did not did not work for me. It felt flat to me. Like all the complaints that people have about the the same look of all these Marvel movies, I got that from this. Uh, hmm. Even even though like I thought like the direction was pretty decent. I not. Uh, I don't. This is this this is the episode where I just show how dumb I am. I can't. I cannot remember names. I cannot pronounce names. What's the director's name? Takiki Watiti. Ta- Taika Wakiti. Taika Watiti. Ta- ta- Taika Waititi. There Taika you go. Taika Waititi. Okay. Yes. Uh, Waititi! His... Thank you, Brett. His, uh... I would say his direction is not, like, what stood out. Like, what... That's not... And the, that. And the script... The script, you know, it's whatever. No, I think the script works. I mean, the the, no, the improvisational comedy is great, but that wasn't in the script. I mean, the the, the basic story is... is eh. No. I mean, but that's what you get when you get the screenwriter for Max Steele to write your Thor movie. <laughs> His humor is is that's the stamp that he puts in there. Uh, and yeah, which and is it's great. Like the the humor is good. 
But yeah. that's basically just Waititi going, hey, do this. Yeah. And I Be think, funny. <laughs> I think Make the weight, joke. <laughs> I think the weight of it works, like I said. I, th- I think the story for me works better than... than uh, it works better for me than for you. So I think that works Most more definitely. to its credit than anything else. But it's, but it's very funny. It's just low-tier Marvel for me. It's like... And I, I don't even know why I'm defending it so much. Like, it's not even, like, on my top 25 of the year. It's, like, higher mid-tier for me. It's... Uh, how many are there now? Like, 18? I don't this have is the 17th. 17th? So this... Yes. I haven't ranked them all, so this would be, like... I have. <laughs> where Where is it rank on your Marvel list? Uh, number 15. Jesus, that's so low. I know I put... The first? Sandwiched in, sandwiched in between Thor: The Dark World and Guardians: Galaxy Two, all the way down there. Yeah, yeah. Why and you... that's that's also where you know Homecoming is at number thirteen. Ah, uh, we should. This is uh, let's, let's not get wrapped up into this. I have a unique Marvel ranking, sir. Mine would be like Thor: Ragnarok would be like twelve or something. I'd put it that okay. high. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I don't want to get muddled into this. I liked it it's, a lot. I, I would see it again. Uh, it's fine. Uh, and you're sitting here like, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, you had a huge The one thing it, that throws curve. me off... Go yeah. ahead, Brett. Yeah, the one thing that throws me off about that movie is one of my key critics I follow described Thor Ragnarok as Marvel movie. As in... I could see Epic that. movie and disaster movie. Like, oh, jeez. Oh, it's, it's, it's like that. I'm like... Oh yeah, this is Marvel. Like, oh, it's way funnier than those. My, uh, the way my buddy described it was like, yeah, sometimes they make jokes when they really should be paying more attention to the. Uh, oh yeah, the world's getting destroyed, huh? Hmm. Oh well, joke. Nah, that was one of my <laughs> issues with it. I was fine with it. I don't. Uh, I think the weight was was handled well. Nah. There were the jokes. <laughs> Matt, you just don't know how to have fun. You are not Fuck a fun. You. you don't. You don't. You're not a fun person. We all know. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. Huh. The the arc Stop of this. About yourself the like arc that. of this series has been. Matt does not know how to have fun. He's in no, the show. No, but I do know how to have. But <laughs> I do know how to have fun. Moving on to the next movie we're going to talk about. Uh, let's finally, talk about I, this for another ten minutes. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. No, but I finally saw what we do in the shadows. Uh, I put this on as soon as I got home from Thor. I was like, Hey, Thor was funny. I'm going to watch this and. Uh, Love this thing. This movie was a lot of fun. It's basically a mockumentary uh, hanging out with a bunch of uh, vampires in New Zealand. And, um, yeah. And they do really weird things. You know, they try to fit in with modern society. And it's very, very funny. I love this thing. I got to see more of this guy's work because uh, this thing was hilarious. Uh, They're making another one. I can't wait. And, yeah. give, Give me more of this. Hunt for the Water People. Have you seen that? No, not yet. Yeah, I love that movie. You should see that. Uh, have you seen What We Do in the Shadows, Brett? I have. I have. What did you think of it? Oh, I also dug the hell out of uh, What We Do in the Shadows. That movie has the single... <laughs> I saw that with a couple of buddies before we went to go see something. It... it, it <sighs> God, it might have been Civil War, of all things, but anyway, we just sat around watching this movie, because we heard he had picked up Thor, and we watched it, and that movie had the single greatest joke that made us look at each other and laugh our asses off for about five good minutes. (laughs) Was it it the sandwich line? 
because yes, the sandwich line the sandwich. fucking kills me. Yes. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> Marcel, you know the joke? Uh, I'm going to be honest and say I saw this movie and I don't remember much about it. I was not a uh. huge, huge fan of it. Oh, wow. Okay. They always ask us about why we prefer virgins. Because, you know, you know, if you're going to eat a sandwich, you'd rather know that you know someone didn't fuck it. <laughs> God, I love this fucking movie. But yeah, what we do in the shadows, really fun. Really looking forward to werewolves. Because that's going to be a good time. Hunt for the Little People is great. Uh, yes, I know, Marcelo. Speaking of <laughs> movies, Dawn of the Dead. Yes. <laughs> this new, uh, new Scream Factory release, right? Yeah. Uh, this will be the only movie I watch in my ramp up to Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, I watched uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead from 2004. It's a good movie. I like it. Uh, I like it. I Except like that it. baby. Yeah, that baby's dumb. That baby yeah, baby's is. bad. Baby's bad. If they bad took, baby. If they took out the baby, I'd like this a bit more. That yeah. baby drags it down. And and what they do, or what they don't do with Mackay Pfeiffer's character, like he could have he been a pretty decent character, and he just is put to the side to take care of this... Baby. Zombie baby. Ugh. It's, uh, it's Bad baby. But, uh, no, I watched, because Scream Factory released the uh, both versions, I think for the first time ever, the theatrical version and the unrated version. I think the, the unrated version has been on Blu-ray forever, but for the first time yeah. they, they had the theatrical version, so I sat down and watched that. Uh, and I, I mean, like, it, it's, it's a new transfer. Uh, it, uh, I think it's as good as I, as I remember it. Because I've only seen it, I think, once, like, what, uh, 12 years ago or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, what can I say? Uh, Zack Snyder sure loves those slow motion shots of guns firing. That's, mm-hmm. that's like his fetish. Yeah, um, well, this was, he started off with a bang. This was his <laughs> first movie, and he's like, yep, this is what I'm all about. What I liked on the uh, Scream Factor release is um, they had interviews with Ty Burrell, who. I knew before Modern Family. I knew as the creep in this movie, who was just okay, yeah, like a um, like a California, like a stuck up shithead, shithead. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Matt. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, shithead. Basically, he's, he's just a creep. And then you know what? Like, if you say if seven years later he's on Modern Family, he's like the he's like a dad, and like I'm like, what was this fucking creep from Dawn of the Dead doing in you know an ABC sitcom? Uh, but he sits down and he he he's, it's a new interview and they talk about how like it was it was a big break he was like a starving actor you know before being cast in Dawn of the Dead and it yeah uh, what he had like a bit part in Black Hawk Down and and then this yeah yeah and it basically made his career because everybody knew him from this and that's how he got all the roles leading up to Modern Family so that's great that's so crazy and hey speaking of the MCU and we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy earlier uh. James Gunn does an interview because he wrote. Oh, he's uh, on this. He's on the disc. Yeah, nice. yeah. He wrote the script for the new Dawn of the Dead for this remake, and they interview him because I'm sure they had him there for Slither. Yeah, and they were yeah. like, "Hey, we also have this cap coming out. You want to talk?" Yeah, sure. <laughs> he's like, "Okay, actually, yeah, I, well, why not?" I I haven't I didn't watch the movie yet, but I have the Slither Shot Factory release, Ooh. and I did see that James Gunn interview nice. on there. Uh, it's great. It it's it's a nice conversation on the Slither, Slither release with James Gunn. He's wearing the same shirt. Like, they're not even trying to hide it. It's, it's oh, no, not at all. They, they basically had him for the day. <laughs> so he's like, just sit down and just talk about these two movies. 
Uh, but yeah, it's, it's insightful. He's like honest. It's awesome. He's, he's, he's honest about just nobody wanting him to, you know, write a remake for Dawn of the Dead and it, and uh, how it helped him, you know, go on to do like Slither and Super and then, you know, the rest. So, yeah, uh, it's a good release. I mean, if you like this movie at all and if you... I dig it. And if you don't own the Blu-ray... Uh, even if you do on the Blu-ray, I think it's a worthy upgrade. It's a new transfer, like I said, and you get the theatrical release, which has not been on Blu-ray forever. Yeah, so. I only have this on uh, DVD, so I will be upgrading. Yeah, I say it's worth it. I mean, if you like it, yeah, it's. it's I do. Yeah, then do it, man. Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, I, I like Zack Snyder. Uh, I mean, I remember liking this movie. I mean, it's no, you know, Legends of Gahul, but it's pretty good. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I low key love Legends of Gahul. Brett, like, I think that movie's wonderful. Loki, yeah. Speaking of Loki, uh, but what what are your thoughts on Zack Snyder? Uh, mm, <laughs> Here we go I have again. Not yet, I have not yet seen his his uh, origin movie, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I have seen everything post three hundred with the sole exception of a Legend of the Guardians, the Guardians of Gahul, the prequel to Rise of the Guardians and oh Guardians God, of the so Galaxy. Good. It's so good. Um, I, I am a sucker for Joel Edgerton, so I definitely want to seek that one out. Um but I, I feel he's only made one good movie and that was Watchmen because he couldn't screw up the source material too much. And Hell with it. I like that ending better. Um, but uh, yes, I will back that up. I prefer the ending in the movie to the one in the book. And it's, I like and it's the my favorite book in the comic. Yeah, I prefer the build-up in the comic better, but I like the okay. ending of the movie more. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I, I, eh, Zack Snyder. He, he he's like he's like a lot of people. He's great when he's used properly. But sometimes you need a producer to haggle with you. Kind of like George Lucas needed Gary Kurtz on the original trilogy to keep him in line. And then during the the other trilogy days, he lost that oversight and he went wild. Kind of like when Burton took over Batman Returns, that producer oversight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, once you gain complete contr- creative liberty... <coughs> sucker punch! Uh, the started to show and the grimy interior kind of sh- scared me away from his work as appreciation but I, I, I I'm eventually going to check out Dawn of the Dead I just I just finally caught up with Land of the Dead so now I can finally get past the reboots oh shit I forgot I saw Land of the Dead I should have talked about that instead of this that's a good movie Land of the Dead Land of the Dead is great okay yes it like, is it's, Dennis Dead Hopper it's, it's okay I admit it's kind of sloppy towards the end. Yeah, 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 but it's still a good time. It is very sloppy. It it, it builds up very smart threads in the beginning, right? And it tries to tie them up at the end. Um, And I wish they had done more with Hopper's character, because he's a good, like, Trump-esque, you know, rich Mm -hmm. asshole. And I love the the, the whole concept of the city being, like, the city of human survivors surrounded by zombies and the eventual uprising of the zombies. It's plain-faced, you know, uh, 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 you know, corporate society versus like middle lower class people, it's there. It, 
but it, it it's done so well. Like I, I love the zombie effects, and I love the comeuppance of the characters who deserve the comeuppances. So, yeah, I dig. You it. know, Marcelo, if you had if you had talked about Land of the Dead, I could have talked about Suburbicon because I have the exact <laughs> same problem with Suburbicon that I have with Land of the Dead. It's like I, I not to ruin Land of the Dead because everybody should see Land of the Dead, but like there are characters that kind of just end up in places, and like the arcs wrap up in like quick too like the bows are too nicely like uh put together it's like it, it it's like no like spend a, a bit more time on your third act and it could have been a lot better so anyway i i think the two georges could have used a crash course in subtlety <laughs> which like i'm like i'm like all for but then i'm like it's it's fairly obvious like there like there are moments where yeah the zombies are distracted by fireworks and you're like, oh, of course. It's like this is like, you know, uh, uh, us being zombies looking at fireworks. It's like the war in Iraq. Like this, like this is us, man. We're the zombies, man. We're the zombies. I'm like Dennis Hopper in Apocalypse Now. We're the zombies, man. <laughs> but no, I dig it. I Land of the Dead is so good. Um, I'm glad I bought it. I bought it the same day as the Dawn of the Dead remake. So Screen Factory, they do they good do work. great work. They do great work. Jinx. <laughs> Anyway, speaking uh, of monsters, yeah. Mon- <laughs> oh no, oh no! I know what's gonna happen now. Just do it, Matt. Just do it. I finally it- saw Baby Driver. Yay! Ansel Gort was framed, <laughs> and uh, yes, he was. Uh, but no, I, I really loved it, and I'm so happy I finally saw it. Uh, this is one of the movies that, like I said before, came out you know during October on Blu-ray, and I just put it off because I'm like, well, it's not horror. Um. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm so glad I finally saw Baby Driver. I was blown away by this thing. Uh, the sound design, the soundtrack. Uh, I love that it basically turned into a bank robbery action movie musical. And uh, I had to check my hearing at first because I didn't. I th- I was pretty sure that those gunshots were syncopated to the music, and they were. And that's fucking awesome. Uh, that's one of the coolest ideas I've ever seen. Uh, next to, it's probably my favorite Edgar Wright next to, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, nothing's ever going to dethrone that for me, but yeah, loved Baby Driver. And outside of one really awkward line reading, um, I loved it. Loved this movie. It's, uh, it's one of my favorites of the year. I think that line reading has been, uh, passed around today on Twitter. I yes, I, I, I saved the image. Yeah, um, I don't want to... Because there's a... I'm going to repeat it. You could... Okay, do it now. Because there's a, there's a line in this This where, is This is Haycast Theater with Yes, well, Matt no, there's a, li- there's a line in it where Jamie Foxx is going off on uh, Baby Driver. Uh, you know, Baby, that's his name. And uh, he's like, I don't like this kid, blah, blah, blah. And then Kevin Spacey says, uh, I was just blinded by the balls on that kid. <laughs> And uh, when that happened during the movie, Carlo and I looked at each other and yelled out, phrasing, Ugh. and uh, we continued watching the movie. Yeah. Other than, other than that, I love this thing. I would donate to an Indiegogo that would... Uh, have uh, Edgar Wright pull a Ridley Scott? <laughs> have digitally erase Kevin Spacey, put in J.K. Simmons, that's my pick. Or anyone else. Or anyone else. Edgar Wright, just put him in there. Ron Perlman. <laughs> Ron, per- Ron Perlman would be great. Like, anybody he'd be else. Fucking, he'd yeah, be, Ron Perlman. Ron, Ron Perlman would be fucking awesome in that uh, role. But, uh, but yeah, just... Ron Perlman needs to be in all the movies, period. Fact. <laughs> uh, 
Just yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad I finally saw it. I'm very, I'm very, very happy I finally saw this. Uh, I was looking forward to it. I missed it in the theaters. Uh, this was turning into another Get Out situation for me, and uh, I will not abide yeah. that ever happening again. Uh, didn't you place this pretty high in your current top ten? It's in my top five. It's your top five? Okay, yeah. 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 Uh, it's up there, too, for me. I mean, I love the movie. I do. I've it's seen quite it. good. I've seen it, like, five times already. Um, but that was all before the spacey thing, and it's mm-hmm. it, it'll be weird seeing it again when I eventually do see it. So, Well, I wasn't going to not watch an Edgar Wright movie because this is one true. piece of shit is in it. This is true. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Just like I'm not going to I'm not going to not watch 7 anymore. <laughs> but uh, but at least with 7. And it's not like I'm not going to not watch LA Confidential anymore. At least with 7, he is like pure evil in that and he Yeah. <laughs> he's uh he's a dick. I haven't seen the LA Confidential yet. Uh oh, oh boy, it's amazing. Ooh. I should have seen uh, that's, that. That's a that's long a ago. great great fucking movie. No. Uh, but as it stands, Baby Driver is at number four on the year for me. So, it's up there. There you go. Brett, have you seen this movie yet? Hey. Oh, yeah. I saw it twice in the theater. Uh, but I, I dig the movie a lot. I, I really love the way that Edgar Wright uh, just shows off his technical wizardry in this movie. Yeah. Just like, he's, like you guys said, with the use of sound editing and mixing. And uh, I have some slight, slight, uh, some slight qualms with some plot machinations in the third okay. act but other than that it, it's it's a fine fine film and um i too actually watched a kevin spacey movie recently i saw i saw a time to kill earlier today so that was oh shit he's fun. in that isn't he yeah he he's the he's the district attorney yes he is oh wow I like he's, that a, movie. he's a he's a scummy son of a bitch in that movie yes he is uh i love that movie by the way <laughs> it's good it's very sweaty <laughs> mm, very, very sweaty. We it's go very, deep, it's, deep it's, down. It's a very sweaty movie. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of songs and also sweaty, you know, hey, what, you know, music you, movies are together. <laughs> you can put those together, uh, song to song. And speaking of yes. sweaty, Texas, Texas is sweaty. Uh, so, song to song, uh, Brett, you saw this, yes. Yes, I actually saw this this morning. Nice. uh, Okay, where to begin? I have had a unique history with Terrence Malick. The first movie I ever saw by him was The Thin Red Line, approximately, was it six years ago? And I rented it from a buddy, and I hated it. Oh, wow. And then I sought out Badlands, which I loved. That's a good movie. And then... And then I sought out The Tree of Life, which, fun story, wrecked my first car. Oh, wow. What? (laughs) On my way back, uh, I went to Blockbuster after seeing a play, and they were having the closing down sale, and they had Tree of Life there for like three bucks, so I bought it, and on the way back, I crashed my car into the only tree on the left-hand side of the road for for two miles. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, Tree of Life killed my first car, and I may have carried those feelings over to when I watched it about three months later, but I did not like that movie either. And I watched Night of Cups earlier this year, and I'm like, wow, this guy's losing me fast. And I just I posted on Twitter this morning, <laughs> I am giving him one last chance. Well, hang on. I skipped the fact that I saw Days of Heaven last year, and that was also epic. So I loved that one. So I'm starting to see a pattern. I'm like, okay. Before the hiatus, I love Malik. After the hiatus, 
I'm not sure what his student film bullshit is going on. Uh, so I gave him one last chance. And Song to Song was solid. I... Uh, it may just be the charm of the cast working on me, but it, it, as much as I gave crap to Knight of Cups, I liked some of the uh, technical aspects of it. I love the way some of the editing choices felt daring and how uh, obsessed with texture that Malik is. Mm. I just I just don't think I can get on the same wavelength as his editing style or what his themes or messages going for because everyone I listen to, the critics I listen to, say, oh no, he's he's brilliant. He captures the, the, the nostalgia and waning of memories. I'm like, okay. I think a certain movie we talk about later captures it better, but okay. And, uh... But yes, Song to Song has an excellent cast helmed by uh, Natalie Portman, Ryan Gosling, Rooney Mara, and Michael Fassbender, as well as sweet, sweet supporting performances by Holly Hunter. Uh, oh, yeah, a yeah, yeah. Brief, a, a brief appearance by Val Kilmer. <laughs> and, uh, uh, who else is in it? Kate uh, Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, yes. I, I, can't, I can't forget the, the goddess of, uh, of Ragnarok. I can't forget her. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I really dig Song to Song. It's, I won't say it has brought me back around on Malik, because I'm still but it's, quite But it's hesitant. nudged you in that direction, where you're like, I'll give him it's another like, chance. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm not completely discounting you, but this wasn't, this, yeah, this wasn't the Tree of Life. So, okay, I'm, I'm more on board with this than I was Knight of Cups or... Uh, thin red line. So yeah, the, 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 the song to song is a solid movie. I'd put it in like, uh, uh, I'd put it like below Train Spotting and above Colossal in my ranking of the year. Okay. Yeah, I. Uh, like a, you've seen this, Marcelo? No, no, no. I was gonna say I need to see it, uh, and I know you should because they filmed it in your town. <laughs> I told the story before. It is I, streaming on Prime. I know. I, I have Prime. I, I have to get to it, but I told the story before. But uh, they were playing it in the theater. They shot it at well, back when they shot it, it was many years ago. Because you know, Malik, he likes to shoot things and put them mm-hmm. on a shelf. But uh, <laughs> he shot it in the original theater. Then they, then they tore that down. And they built a new one. So I had a chance to see it in the in in, in the new lo- in the new location where he shot it like five years ago, and that would have been nice just to go in there and say, "Hey, I'm like in the general area. This I'm I'm there in the movie. I'm in the movie." <laughs> which which usually wow. <laughs> which is how it usually happens with Malik movies. Because I had that same feeling when I saw like a Sonic, you know, restaurant in what was it. To the wonder, to the wonder, yeah. Which is he turned the- he turned a Sonic drive-in into a religious experience. <laughs> it's uh, one of that- the most beautiful shots I've ever seen in a movie. It really and, is, and that is not hyperbole. It's beautiful, and I'm like, I, I go, it's a I fucking go, Sonic drive-in. <laughs> I go to that garbage place, like <laughs> to get like a chicken strips, and but he yeah. made it, yeah, like you said, Matt Godley, um, and his uh, his IMAX documentary. Uh, was cool because he he just shot it like in the backyard like it, yeah like in Austin it's 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 amazing but yeah I need to see it I am a Malik fan and it's one I know I've been hearing it's it's uh, it's it's splitting people it's uh, a Malik film being divisive? <laughs> divisive you don't say it's divisive it's it's maybe more divisive than the last few 
Some people I'd really say polarizing more than divisive. Yeah, polarizing. It's because you're either one or the other. Yeah, you. I I've heard people hate this. They hate it. There are very few centrists on Malik. Exactly. Very very few. <laughs> yeah, very few nowadays. Uh, some people are like, oh, he should have went back to making a movie every ten years. But I go, no, no, no. I like Just it. give me more. No, no. no. Uh, I forget, man. Have you seen this? Yes, I yeah, love it. You love it, yeah. I need to see. Love it. this I thing. I do absolutely. I I felt weird buying it at Walmart because why the hell would they oh, carry yeah. this? But <laughs> and you bought the 4K version, yeah. Yeah, I got the 4K disc at Walmart of all places, <laughs> which is crazy. Is really weird. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, but hey, they have a great 4K selection over there, and uh, bless their hearts for carrying things that I couldn't find anywhere else. Let's <laughs> so go to Walmart for your 4K disc needs. For your Terrence Malick. <laughs> Go to Walmart for all your Terrence Malick needs. Speaking, what? <laughs> speaking of movies you loved, The oh, Beguiled. Yes, I finally saw The Beguiled, the new Sofia Coppola film. And yes, all of this movie. Uh, a good way to hook me and get me to like your movie is to film it in Academy Ratio. Yeah. And this movie did that. And right from the get-go, I'm like, oh, I'm going to love this thing, aren't I? And turns out I did. Uh, this thing's great. Uh, it's a story of uh, Colin Farrell plays um, uh, Corporal John McBurney. Uh, he hurts himself during the Civil War. And uh, he is discovered by, I, I forget her name, but she's the young girl from uh, Bad Moms. Uh, which was really crazy seeing her pop up in this. And... She's great. Uh, the whole female cast here is awesome. You have Nicole Kidman. You have Kristen Dunst. Uh, Elle Fanning. Um, you have Angry Rice, who basically knocked it out of the park last year. She was uh, the daughter in Nice Guys. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's awesome in this movie. And basically, they're all trying to like you know hide him from the uh, Civil War soldiers. And things go bad uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty quick. And... Yeah, this movie gets goes from zero to a hundred real quick, and it's never boring. This thing is constantly moving. There's not a lot of moving parts, but something is always happening in a scene. It's not just, it's not just like um, a shot for a shot's sake. Uh, things happen with a purpose in the beguiled, and I love this thing. Uh, I love the music. I love the look of it. Uh, I think Cop- Coppola's direction is probably the most assured she's ever had. I mean, this is someone who knows what she wants, knows what she's doing, and uh, she crushes it. I love this movie. It's fantastic. I'm glad you and saw no, it. I have, and no, I have not seen the original. No, me neither. Uh, I, I feel that this version has ruined any interest I had in the original. <laughs> I heard... I like, without Nicole Kidman, what's the point? I heard it was very slimy. Uh, Clint Eastwood I is more, it. more the focus. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, no, um, I'm good too. I love this movie a lot. It's good. I did like a marathon of all of Sofia Coppola's movies before watching this Ooh. Uh, back in the summer, and I'm glad I did because it made me appreciate this movie more, I think. Uh, I think it may be Sofia Coppola's best shot movie. Uh, although, like, Although, like, I'm a person who thinks, like, Somewhere is, like, an underrated <coughs> gem. Uh, I still need to see that one. It's it's something else, man. It's 
Yeah, it, let's take she. It, this like this is like a break from her because like she usually loves doing movies where she just sees. I, it, it you know you know uh, write movies film what you know like she is a bored rich white person <laughs> yeah and you get that from somewhere you get that from Lost in Translation you get that from the Bling Ring uh, but this is like a break from that and that's what I appreciate and I love that she sets it in this time like she picks this story set in this time with these characters with these female characters and yeah I think it might be my favorite overall. Sophia Coppola movie, maybe it's pretty maybe. good. It's pretty good. See, I love it, love it. I'm glad you saw it, Matt. Uh, yeah, very happy. Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidman. I, I they're doing great work together this great year. Work. I think it, so. I've heard the uh, the killing with sacred deer. Two of them together. Um, it's like it's like it. I love that Colin Farrell is getting these amazing roles. And what was yeah. it like? 15 years ago, he was in fucking Daredevil, like the. <laughs> The worst. Uh, I will not tolerate any Ben Affleck (laughs) Daredevil slander on this podcast. That movie is a treasure. uh, You know the 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 director's cut is not that bad. Agreed. But uh, but Pharaoh in that. I mean, come on. It's it was it was a his career could have just ended right after that. But now he's like in an upswing. We're in a Colin Farrell renaissance, like the Lobster. And also, I'm going to place a moratorium on that word too. <laughs> the feral sans? <laughs> no sances, no seances in my in my domain, please. Let me just end by saying the beguiled, killing of a sacred deer, also the lobster. I mean, I love Colin Farrell, and I'm glad he's getting these roles. So there you go. He's getting what he deserves, which is good things. Okay, uh, so much better than Fright Night the remake. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, let's all talk about that. All right. Uh, That's a good movie. 25th Hour. Speaking of good yes. movies, I love this movie. <laughs> uh, Brett, tell me, because you saw this, Spike Lee's 25th Hour. I know Matt hasn't seen it yet. Nope. You should. Uh, That's what I'm told. At least I uh, at least I hope Brett will convince you, unless he didn't like 25th Hour, Brett. <laughs> oh come! On. Uh, uh, don't shine! The, don't shine that spotlight too 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 sharp on me now. Uh, th- uh, no, um, I don't have much experience with Spike Lee. I'll be honest. I've I still haven't seen Do the Right Thing. Um, I saw half of Old Boy. Um, <laughs> and but no. Um, from what I've seen so far, uh, I-, I dug the hell out of Twenty Fifth Hour. Uh, I was turned on to this movie by. Uh, Another video critic, uh, Lindsay Ellis, also formerly known as the Nostalgia Chick, she did a uh, uh, a list of her top ten favorite films of all time, and this was on there. And I was like, huh, interesting. And I, I finally got around to watching it, and this is the tale of uh, a drug dealer, played by Edward Norton, who is about to be sent to jail. He He has 24 hours before he is to be hauled off to a penitentiary for getting caught dealing and storing money in his apartment and it's basically him dealing with his his inner circle as he's about to leave where he has this dog that he needs to give to one of his friends to take care of he's got his girlfriend who he just needs to make do right by before he's not to see her for about seven years on good behavior 
and hit, hit one of his best friends is Philip Seymour Hoffman, who is this like prep school teacher who is in love with one of his who has a crush on one of his students, played by Anna Paquin. Barry Pepper's in this back when Barry Pepper was trying so hard to get that that star power that he really deserves, but unfortunately Travolta killed that in the cradle. Um, and uh, but yeah, this movie's great, and I- I'm a sucker for any movie that manages to sneak in a Brian Cox role and. Brian Cox is the bomb. Can we all agree on that? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So there, Matt, you have to see this just because Brian Cox is in it. So this is uh, true. And he gives he gives one of the greatest conclusion speeches to any movie I've seen. Like the the he has an epic epic monologue at the end about the future that is mm, Chef's kiss. It's <laughs> it, it's it's a it's a riot. And yeah, I love the way this movie's layered. I love the way the, I love the way that the script was written before nine eleven happened, and they managed to still work it in without hammer it while hammering the point home, but not to George Clooney, George Romero levels of okay, I get it, I get it. It was very tactfully done, very maturely handled, and yeah, twenty fifth hour. Uh, is among the best movies I've seen this year, notwithstanding the actual 2017 titles I saw this year. Yeah, I I need to revisit it. Uh, I love it, though. Uh, it's I'll say this, and this will put the cherry on top for you, Matt. Uh, yes. In the long list of movies that have you know you know choked me up or made me cry, none have made me cry more than 25th Hour. That's oh, the wow. number one. Because by the end, like Brett was saying, that speech, that monologue, that monologue, it, oh boy, I was crying so hard. I mean, it was, I was just not, it, it, it was just like the the right day, the right time, but man, I was going through like a funk maybe, but man, that finale, oh, I, bawling, just bawling, but yeah, 25th hour. Uh, I mean, Brett. I mean, I I recommend you seek out, do the right thing immediately. I saw that for the first time. Actually, of course, of course, I saw that for the first time all the way through, uh, like last year. Which, I mean, it took me long enough, you know. But uh, I had seen bits and parts. But that movie, dear God, it's it's still so effective after what like twenty five years. So. Uh, to me, that's still Spike Lee's best. But Twenty Fifth Hour is up there. It's it's phenomenal. So, and like oh the the actors, I forget Philip Seymour Hoffman. Jesus Christ is in this. Um, Ed Norton is amazing. Rosario Dawson, right? Oh jeez, but yeah, I I need to rewatch this. And Matt, you're convinced, right? <laughs> yeah, I've I've wanted to see this for quite a while. There you go. Uh, so damn good. Join us. <laughs> Uh, hey, but th- these next movies, you got you guys got me here because I have not seen these. Uh, let's Ooh. start start with a silent voice. Uh, uh, yeah, tell me about this. Yeah, Brett. Okay, so uh, I'm also an anime buff on the side. I, I try and tell myself that to say I'm still culturally relevant anyway. <laughs> and. Uh, uh well I most of the anime I keep up on are features and I try and keep an ear out ear to the ground about what's 
hip happening and what's actually good out there in the anime world. And I have a few friends who help me with that. And I heard about a silent voice a little while ago, how around the time your name come out, there are also whispers of another anime film that really rocked the, the pillars of Japanese animation last year. And that was a silent voice. And I knew nothing about this movie until yesterday when I found out that my local cinema actually got the got the rights to show it for two days nice yesterday and tonight and i literally got out of this movie two and a half hours ago to come and tell you the glories of a silent voice so um yeah this was not planned for the podcast tonight until i got out and said wow i need to talk about this movie so this movie is the tale of a boy named ishida who the movie starts as he's in sixth grade and a deaf girl joins the class and he's startled by the difference and acute just rocking of the foundations that bringing this new girl with this inherent disability brings to his social circle. So the first half, like the first 20, 30 minutes are him mercilessly bullying her. That's rude. For that condition. And the movie plays it in such a way that you know he's he's an awful person for a, a quite a bit of this movie, but it manages still to keep your sympathies in because it, it, he's a kid. He, it, kids yeah. are awful. I was an awful kid when I was young. I was okay. I, I, I at times exhibited bullying behavior when I was a child and, but I learned to grow out of it and repent and try and become better for that reason. And, but the rest at one point in this movie he finally decides to try and achieve redemption for what he did because he realizes just how awful he was and but the weird thing is some of his behavior rubbed off on others too how there's another girl in his social circle who delights in the behavior they did to her and to the to the deaf girl and while he's trying to repair this she is like actively sabotaging him on the side and it's and some other kids are calling him out on how you're just doing this to feel better about yourself, aren't you? And it's, but it's really, really well done. Like it's, it's accurate to how children and teens interact. It, it doesn't like a movie. We're also about to talk about. It sometimes stoops to high melodrama yeah. to achieve its story points, but it hits it so well and maturely that I, I stood up and just about cheered at some moments. Like this movie is really, really well done. It's it's well acted. I saw the subbed version of it, so I can't judge the English voice acting on the part. But um, the it it actually rivals uh, spoiler alert your name in uses of lighting and the way it backlights okay. some things for dramatic effect. And it's oh man the if I didn't have, if my heart was not set on the best animated film of the year already, it it would probably go to a silent voice because it's just that damned impressive. So I I highly recommend if a silent voice comes to a theater near you, seek it out. It's it it, it might touch you, and not in the Kevin Spacey way. So that that take never that man who's never done anything to me, <laughs> who I used to respect up until a week ago. <sighs> Times have changed. Uh, no, a silent voice. I have not heard of this. This is the first time hearing it. 
Uh, I will admit I'm not a huge anime guy, not in the slightest. I do not recall the last anime I saw. Is 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 Studio Ghibli anime? Is, is, is that count? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. 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 yeah it's, but it's Miyazaki hates it. So. <laughs> wait. Wait. Uh, what would you say, Matt? It is, but Miyazaki hates like anime culture. Hmm. Makes sense. Like he can't. He can't stand it. <laughs> as in anime culture or otaku culture? Yeah, that thing. What he's, is he, uh, he, yes could, the the basement dwellers the uh, the comic con attendees of the, uh, the Jap- Japanese the world he can't stand them at all like I don't uh, he he, re- he regrets them <laughs> he regrets them yeah. oh boy um but that's a but Bay, you speaking of some speaking of something I don't regret uh okay uh. Marcel, I don't know if you remember this, but early on in Haycast's uh, history, we had a guest on called, his name was DJ Horn. I remember that, yeah. And he was my, he's my go-to anime guy. Yeah. And he told us about Your Name, a movie my that name? he was very, yes, uh, it's a movie that he was very much looking forward to. Um, it's the new uh, film from uh, Makoto Shinkai. I have only seen his previous film, which was called uh, Garden of Words, uh, which everyone should check out. It's only 45 minutes long, and it's really wonderful. And uh, definitely check that out. But this movie made so much money. Uh, it made something like $400 million, which is crazy. I think it's like the biggest box office moneymaker uh, in, for Japan that they've had ever maybe something like that it's some some crazy box office right. record that this thing broke uh it's awesome i really love this thing uh it's based it's the story of these uh two teenagers uh mitsua who lives in you know out in the middle of nowhere in japan and taki who lives in tokyo and you know he's a waiter uh in tokyo you know he hangs out with his friends and one day uh through no cause of their own uh they switch places uh, and it turns into like a fun, like body swap comedy uh, for you know the first and second act, uh, and then you know the third act starts and it gets uh, it gets dark. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it because uh, there is a big thing that happens. Uh, but yeah, no, the way this movie plays with relationships, the way uh, the way it looks, uh, the music, everything about this is just uh, it's all sorts of wonderful. I really fell in love with this uh it's a movie i was very excited to see uh which is crazy uh listeners will know that i do not really do anime all that much uh mostly because of the culture around it and anytime i mention i want to watch something i get thrown 18 other suggestions on things that i literally that quote unquote need to watch before i watch this or need to watch this in order to understand it uh i i can't count on I can't count how many times I've been told I've been watching anime wrong uh, from people, and uh, that's why I basically just, you know, stay away from it outside of, you know, Akira and Hayao Miyazaki films. Uh, Can I quick give my 45-second review of Your Name? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Uh, Yeah, Your Name. It's tied for my favorite film of the year with Blade Runner 2049. Um, Hell yeah. I saw this movie twice in 24 hours. Damn. It hit me that hard because I saw the sub at 9 p.m. Took my buddy to see it. He cried. He cried some more. He broke down. Uh, I called him the next morning. Hey, I'm taking some friends to see it. Bring me with you. And he <laughs> smuggled in booze. We drank some rum chata and Jack Daniels while we watched the movie again. And 
I bought the soundtrack within a week. Radwimps are friggin' awesome, although I much prefer the Japanese tracks to the English tracks, I'm sorry to say. And, yeah, um, Shinkai's an interesting director. I, uh, I've only... I've only really liked your name and the Garden of Words of his Garden of I've Words seen, is but, really good. That's what I've seen. Those, but, are, the, those are the two. But um, Voices of a Distant Star is also worth checking out. It's on Crunchyroll for free. It's only like twenty three minutes long. It's the okay. story of uh, yeah. It's your name by way of Interstellar, basically. Okay, so, cool. Um, yeah, I'd I'd highly recommend that. And don't confuse it with Interstellar five five five, the secret of the the story of the secret star system by Daft Punk. That's a different. Oh yeah. I've seen that. But yeah, um, I also love no- your name and I'm Noriyame. <laughs> Kimi no Nawa, as we call it in the Japanese tongue. But yeah, if you guys would like some uh, standalone Japanese anime recommendations, I can also give you some good recommendations. I I, I tend to stay away from the series movies because that, that takes like years of experience yeah. to build up to ex- enjoy them. But I, I know some good one-offs if you want to, including some James Cameron recommendations. Yeah, I'll definitely be hitting you up for those. Uh, but hey, your name. This movie's awesome. Uh, everyone should check it out. It just got a great new Blu-ray from uh, Funimation. Uh, they do some pretty great work. Uh, yeah, no, good stuff. Really, really liked it. And uh, I'm counting this as a 2017 release because America got it this year. And yeah, it ranks pretty high on the year for me. Fair enough. And this one I've heard a lot about. Um, yeah, everyone's heard of this thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, me, I, 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 like I said before, I'm not into anime, and I heard a lot about this. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really well done. Yeah. And it's freaking gorgeous. Yeah, I, I'll check this out. I will. And you will cry. <laughs> will it's, I cry? It's, it's, uh, a, it's uh, a bucket of tears. Uh, will I cry at a 25th hour level, Matt? Or um, I don't know. I haven't seen that. <laughs> That was buckets. Um, <clears throat> hey, I almost okay. We're gonna wrap up the show with this one. I I almost cried buckets at the end of Lady Bird. Okay. Uh, the, I w- the Lyndon Johnson thing. <laughs> no, starring Woody Harrelson. No, <laughs> that's LBJ. Woody Harrelson and drag. I am in. <laughs> <laughs> Greta Gerwig, her solo directorial debut she co-directed a movie with one of those like mumble court people i forget the name that was, <laughs> that was like 15 years ago but her first solo directorial movie is this one ladybird starring matt we've 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 had trouble with his name before and i forgot how we ended up sarissa ronan sarisi ronan sarisha sarisha Right? Okay. Yeah, Sersha. So. Sersha. 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 Yes. The, the little, That's the, the Celtic the girl, blood me speaking. <sighs> the girl from Brooklyn. Yes, the girl from Brooklyn. Sasha Ronan. She yes. is the lead in Lady Bird. Uh, Greta Gerwig, basically, this is like a autobiographical film. This takes place in 2002. Okay. Uh, Ronan plays Lady Bird. She calls herself Lady Bird. Uh, she uh, she is going through a, a crisis in her life. She's uh, she's a senior in high school. Like she hates her, like her. She she doesn't hate her family. She's just upset that like they're like lower middle class, like uh, across uh, you know on uh, living on the wrong side of the tracks in Sacramento, California, 
and she wants something better. Like she wants to go to college, like in the East Coast, right? Um, Who wouldn't? <laughs> she wants like a new life. Like she wants to get out of like the small town. Uh, and her mom is played by Lloyd Metcalf, who is her. phenomenal in this. You're you're gonna you're gonna dig this, Matt, because like yeah, the cast in this is incredible. Oh, uh, I bumped Bur- into her once. She's very short. Lloyd Metcalf. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but Lady Bird, as she calls herself, her real name's Christine. Like she is. It's it's a it's not a great relationship she has with her mom because her mom. Is very passive aggressive. She she puts Lady Bird down, and yeah, and, and uh, you know, not to spoil things, but man, like, does Lady Bird like really come to terms with her family, her her small town, her life, and she learns to appreciate things she didn't before. It's one of those coming of age movies that is not your typical coming of age movie that has tremendous performances that is it's funny and like i said it, it almost made me cry at the end because man like like no other film i've seen this year have i connected with this but like the final uh uh moments of it like the message it, com- it, it it puts across it really affected me like few movies do so oof uh i mean i expected to like this i love greta gerwig i love everything she does but I did not expect to love this movie as much as I did. So that's Lady Bird. Uh, a huge fan. Oh, love this movie. Um, I have a question. Yes, Brett. Um, I am very on the fence when it comes to Greta Gerwig. Is this closer to Brooklyn? Or is this closer to Francis Ha in terms of type of movie I'll be getting into if I go to see this? I'll say for sure it's closer to her Bombback stuff. So more Francis Ha. Uh, I saw. So it's it's very mumblecorey. It 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 gets there. Like it's like that. The one positive thing I'll say about it is there is a lot of Greta Gerwig in Ronan's performance. Like there's like a scene in particular that she's just basically playing Greta Gerwig. Like it's a lot of that in there. But I like that. Okay. I, I, yes, please. Yeah. I mean, I. It's not. Uh, it's not to the point of. I, I understand the annoyance that comes with Mumblecore. That's why I was very dismissive of that other film she made like 15 years ago with that one guy. I forget his name. The One of the main guys who did like the Mumblecore. What the fuck is it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Mumblecore is. Oh, that's... Uh, it sounds like a fake term. <laughs> it's the Puffy Couch. Uh, uh, I think the Puffy Couch was like one of the big ones in the early 2000s. That guy who beat up Devin Farachi during Fantastic Fest a few years ago. I think that was his... I think that was the guy. Well, I like that guy, but I don't know what Mumblecore is. <laughs> Mumblecore is just like indie movie that... Uh, it's the Puffy Chair. That's what I was thinking of. You know, Mark Duplass, Jay Duplass. Uh, they make movies... Well, they still make movies. But drinking buddies. Drinking buddies, like uh, the the mid two thousands through like now, just those types of movies that are small, very dialogue heavy. Uh, some of indie them, movies. Yeah, some of them are just improvised. A lot of dialogue. Okay. Those. That's mumblecore. I mean, I'm uh, and Bombback. I think I don't like. I don't like that term. <laughs> that's the term they gave it. That's the reason. I don't care for it. That's why uh, Devin Farachi got his ass kicked. Because that was the whole debate. Uh, Darren Faraci, if you don't know, is an asshole. But uh, a few, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is true. A few years ago, he we don't uh, talk about him. <laughs> a few years ago, he um, blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> 
he he ran out like called out um, this director who did Mumblecore, and I'm uh, saying that <laughs> Joe Swanberg. Joe Swanberg. I think we've touched a nerve. <laughs> Joe Swanberg. Oh, Joe is Swanberg. The guy. That guy. I apologize for not knowing, but Joe Swanberg. He called out Joe Swanberg and he goes, "I don't like the types of movies you make. You know that they it seems too lazy. You know." Uh, you get like a like a script that's not heavy on dialogue and just make stuff up make stuff up as you uh, sorry make stuff up as you go along. And Joe Swanberg, of course, took you know was very annoyed by this, and they ended up boxing. And Joe Swanberg knocked Devin Farachi's ass out. So good, <laughs> but cut good. To, but cut you know cut to now. I think you know quote unquote Momocore. It's not what it used to be. I think it's evolved. I think there's a lot going on in Lady Bird to warrant, you know, to to raise above that mumblecore uh, stamp. So it's 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 a lot meatier with the narrative. There's a lot going on there. Uh, so it's more than that, Brett. I guess is the roundabout way of me answering your question. So, but if 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 you're not a fan of like her work with Bombeck, you might not be a fan of this. I'll say that too. Like because. I like Francis Hall. I love Mistress America, uh, but uh, but the stuff she does with Bombeck, like it's it's very much present in the stuff she does in Lady Bird. But but uh, then again, like, she is very much her own writer director. Again, it feels like her story. It feels very Woody Allen esque, where like you could see future movies uh, from Greta Gerwig, and like you could see like a lead actress kind of like doing yeah, not to say it's a bad thing, but doing like a Greta Gerwig type of like. You know, uh, you know, performance like pulling from that. If that makes sense, does that make sense? Makes sense. Yes. Anyway, uh, Lady Bird, my favorite movie of the year. Favorite movie of the year. Go see it. Love it. Speaking of love, Brett, it's been a pleasure. It uh, has. It's it's been a hell of a show. Thank you for coming on. Before we go, before we. Turn off our mics. Go to bed. <laughs> Me and Matt are not going to do that. Before we yes, go, yes, we will. <laughs> before we go, don't break the illusion. Plugs, <laughs> Brett. Where can the people listening find you online? Um, you can find me occasionally up- uploading podcast fragments on Retro Culture with two T's. Uh, dot blogspot.com uh, where I'm currently finishing off my Hooptober reminiscences as well as uh, letterbox.com slash R-E-B-L-A-Z-A-R one one and yeah I also have a Twitter handle but it's <laughs> uh, how do I pronounce this okay capital W E uppercase Z underscore Luigi all uppercase except for the eyes. So that's my Twitter handle. I'll, uh, I, I can send you guys a link for show notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I All the show notes. It, it's like uh, the 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 over the oval teen uh, code. You know, listeners can break that and follow Brett. The appendices. <laughs> Matt, hey, what about you? As for me, you can find me on the Twitters at the Real Matt C. You can also find me on Letterboxd under the same name to make sure I'm not lying about what movies I've been watching. And you can find me over at Talk Film Society, where I'm the editor at large, gaining all the weight for all the articles. Do that, folks. Mm. Me. Also Spielberg. Oh shit, uh, Spielberg. Let me plug that Spielberg. Okay, thirty-three, thirty-three. Matt is the host. I'm the ombudsman. 
Uh, it's going great. Listen to them. I do my research. Uh, yeah, you're awesome at that. Matt, Matt watches movies. And <laughs> that's kind of a, a put down. Matt is the, the host. Hell, man. Matt runs the ship. He he brings on guests. So far, we've had uh, writers from Talk From Society be guests on the show. They talk about the movie, uh, and it's great. Like I, I I love the episodes we've had so far. We've had who 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 have we had? Real quick, we've had Rocky Oris. We've had Aaron Hendricks, Sean Beatty. We have Sean Beatty. We've had Manish Mathur. Manish. I mean, yeah, we've had all these great people. Go back, listen to the episodes. We talk about E.T. We talk about Poetry Christ. We talk about. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. We talk about Close Encounters, Jaws, Sugarland Express, all that. Duel, duel, duel. Yeah, mm-hmm. all those. And in the future, of course, look at <laughs> Google Spielberg. Look at his filmography. We're talking about all his movies. So uh, all through the. I mean, we're going to talk about them. All these episodes are going to come out as the post comes out. I mean, that trailer yes. came out. Uh, but it's going to end with uh, Ready Player One in March. So there you. go it's gonna be fun Brett thanks for coming on thank you so much and my pleasure (laughs) Matt and I are gonna close the show with our signature catchphrase so long and thanks for all the fish thanks for listening folks I keep on watching oh yeah that one it's It's a a bit This has been a Talk Film Society podcast production. Produced by Marcelo Pico and Matt Curione. Go to talkfilmsociety.com for more podcast goodness.